Hi, we're Steve and Cindy Wright with Marriage Missions International, and this is our Marriage Insight Podcast. Our topic this time is Marriage Demands Fidelity and Faithfulness. Recently, we wrote a Marriage Insight titled, A Good Marriage Demands Toughness, and it does. Sometimes you have to grit through the tough times just to make it, but marriage demands more than that. It demands fidelity and faithfulness as well. Now, this may seem to be a strange statement to make, and you might say, well, of course marriage demands fidelity. But from what we've been seeing, there are more and more people who don't realize this. They aren't living it out in their marriages. From what we've seen, too many spouses are dipping their toes into the waters of temptation. And when they fall into it, which many do, they say, I never meant to, or I never thought I would, or I never thought we would, but they do. We can't play on the edges of temptation and think that we can get away with it, because we can't. And even if we do walk away mostly unscathed, I can't say completely unscathed, but mostly unscathed, God knows. He saw, and it grieves Him greatly. Marriage demands fidelity in every way. God tells us that adultery is sin, and even looking at someone or entertaining them in our thoughts is adultery. Jesus told us that, and we had best not discount what God tells us. So here are two things we want you to consider on the issue. The first is a short statement from Ellen Sanna. She said, God wants marriage to be a mirror that reflects the love, security, and trust that he offers us. Adultery shatters that mirror. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the one who shatters anything that God puts forth for people to see as a testimony of his love, his security, and trust. And then here's something from Dennis Rainey. He said, what a marriage needs is the superglue of Philippians 2, 3, where we're told, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. That should be written on our walls. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. You know, when you think about it, there is absolutely no doubt that infidelity is very selfish. Those who cheat are full of conceit and thinking that they're the exception to the rule where they can play around and it's okay. It is not. Some spouses marry knowing full well that they have no intention of being faithful or exclusive. This is what we've seen in our ministry and it just baffles us. Some even date others while they're engaged to marry or soon after they marry. What in the world is that all about? Why do they even marry if they don't intend to be exclusive in their relationship? I've thought that so often. Why in the world even get married if you have no intention of being exclusive? You know, what's sad is that there are so many others that dance around the issue of faithfulness in marriage as well. They may not date others, but they play around in other ways. It's important for us to note something that Steve Chapman wrote. He said, staying faithful doesn't just involve not sleeping with someone other than your spouse. It also means putting your best effort and your energy into enhancing the romance you have with your mate. So it's a twofold thing. It's not sleeping with someone else, not fooling around with someone else, but also putting your best efforts and your energy into enhancing the romance you have with your spouse. He said, in other words, faithfulness is more than just saying no to others. It's also saying yes to your spouse. 
And when I thought about it, I thought, you know, when you entertain others in your time, your energy that you invest in them, you're saying no to your spouse. You're giving them the time that you should be giving to your spouse instead. You're saying to your spouse, in essence, no, I don't want to give this time to you. I've decided instead I'm going to steal it away from you and give it to someone else. You're also saying, I don't care about your feelings enough to not play around with others. Now, No one would probably say that statement. I can't say no one. We have heard of a few that do say that statement. But for the most part, they won't say that statement. But they live it out by the way that they do give their time and energy to others. Plus, and more importantly, you're saying no to God. You're saying, no, I don't care what you said about fidelity and faithfulness. I care and I believe you care more about my happiness and what I crave than you do your own set of standards. Forget what my spouse wants and what my spouse needs. And that's another thing that we hear so much. God cares about my happiness. I can't live like this. God cares about my happiness. Well, what about your spouse? Does he care about your spouse's happiness? What about the kids who are all torn apart? Does he care about theirs? Or is it only your happiness that he cares about? Do I sound passionate here? Well, I am. And we are. Steve's been seeing this as he's been more and more involved in marriage missions. And he sometimes turns around and looks at me and says, what in the world is going on with these people? We want to shout this from the housetops. And we hope that you'll want to do the same. God knows what it's like to love those who are unfaithful. And yet those he loves continue to cheat regardless of what he thinks about all of this. Fidelity matters to God and it should matter to us. We wish that you could peek into the emails and the comments that are left on the website, plus the people that we talk to on the side and the people that email us separately. Your heart would absolutely break, and I mean that completely. Sometimes I'll look at Steve and I'll be crying, and other times Steve will have tears in his eyes as he sees they just don't get it. This issue of faithfulness is so important, and people don't take it seriously enough. There are so many broken marriages and broken homes that we witness all around us. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Now I have to say, we have so much that we want to say here. We're going to give you just a thumbnail in comparison to what we would like to give you. We realize that this isn't something that a lot of people want to explore. They believe that they already know what they need to know. And I'll tell you, it isn't true. Even if you will never cheat on your spouse. Even if your spouse will never cheat on you, you need to know this information for other people. We live in a world where other people are doing this. We want you to know this. Even if the only reason you're listening to this podcast is for the sake of those around you, we hope that you will. Marriage demands fidelity, but more importantly, so does God. Let's protect that which he considers and we should consider to be sacred. Cindy and I want to direct you to some important points on this issue spoken by different marriage experts. One of the things that we say repeatedly is that we aren't the experts on how to build a good marriage. We're just an ordinary couple that God is teaching some important things to about marriage. Yes, we have a lot to share, but there are many others that God is using that we need to pay attention to as well. That's why we point people to whatever experts we can to find that help that can be good for you. We believe that it doesn't matter who other than God says it. He deserves all the credit. 
it's all good if it embraces His truth. If the advice given actually works, which God's truth always does, then that's what matters. The quotes we point to do work. Some work for others and some will work for you. Glean through it and see how God talks to you. It matters a lot when God quickens your spirit and says, this is for you to pay attention to and follow. And that's the next point we want to make. God can place all the good advice in the world in front of your face, but if you don't follow through on it, how does it help you? So with that said, we're going to give you some great advice given by many different people to see what you can use. If it's not for you, then ignore it. It may be given for others or for you to share with others. See what God tells you. First off, whatever you do, don't allow your eyes or mind to wander in fantasy to anyone but your spouse. Infidelity starts in a spouse's thoughts and then spirals downward from there. Strive to be mentally and physically monogamous no matter what your spouse does. Guard your heart and mind. Set up hedges of protection before you enter into areas of temptation. You may not even realize you're wandering there, but stay on the alert. Also, this is important advice given by Dave Willis. If your head spins around every time an attractive person walks by, even if you don't say a word, you've communicated a lot. Your spouse doesn't just want you to be physically monogamous, he or she wants you to be mentally monogamous. Your spouse wants to know that you have eyes only for them. If you're checking out other women, you're damaging your wife's confidence in herself and her confidence in you. If you're checking out other men, ladies, you're communicating that your husband isn't even enough to meet your needs. So whether it's someone on the street or on a screen, watch carefully where your eyes wander. Here's something else Dave Willis wrote that is so wise as it pertains to fidelity. He said, I've heard people joke that, well, just because I'm on a diet doesn't mean I can't look at the menu. They're usually referring to the idea that checking out someone is harmless as long as they look, but don't touch. But what they fail to realize is that the very act of looking and lusting objectifies others. It creates insecurity through unfair comparisons for your spouse. Plus, it pulls your thoughts away from your marriage. Keep your eyes and your heart focused on your spouse. Are you flirting with anyone other than your spouse? Or are you dancing around the edges of temptation by just looking? Stop. God demands that we flee from temptation and we don't give it our energy. Here's one more thing that Dave Willis wrote on Fidelity That's Wise. When you're acting out sexual fantasies apart from your spouse, it's an act of mental infidelity. All true intimacy and infidelity begins in the mind, not in the bedroom. If your eyes and your thoughts are wandering away from your spouse, then your heart is going to follow. 2,000 years ago, Jesus taught that to look at a woman lustfully is to commit adultery with her in your heart. Don't just be physically monogamous. Strive to be mentally monogamous. It's important to note that when you look a second time, you're opening a door to temptation. Now, I say that, that it's a second time because everybody looks the first time. But when you linger a little bit longer, that's what we're talking about. And then that opens a door for you to start fantasizing about someone other than your spouse. If that's the case, beware. One step leads to another. 
and it's sin. No matter what your spouse is or what your spouse isn't doing, unfaithfulness is never justified. And I hear this from other people, particularly from women, because I talk mostly to women, you know, well, my husband didn't this, my husband didn't do that. And and so it made me long for this and that. Beware at that point. It never justifies unfaithfulness. Don't allow yourself to believe the lie that just because you hurt so badly, solutions to cheat and do that, which you should not do, is acceptable. It is not. It never will be. God will never say, oh, well, your husband was bad, so I guess that's okay. He won't say that to you. Just because your spouse hurts you in some way, and we all hurt each other in different ways, but just because your spouse hurts you, it never justifies wrong behavior. Deal with that matter at hand. Don't muddy it up by letting yourself stray into infidelity in your mind or in your body. You need to cut it. You need to nip it when it starts. Here's something important that Ashley Willis wrote on the issue of infidelity. She said, when we feel less connected to our spouse, it's tempting to cultivate a closer connection with a friend or a co-worker to replace the closeness that we should only share with our spouse. Please be aware of this, she said. She said, many spouses end up in emotional and physical affairs or unhealthy friendships because they're lonely, they feel disconnected to their spouse. We need to lean into our spouse during that time more than any other. You know, and if you lean into your spouse and your spouse doesn't lean back, Again, find healthier ways to invest your time. Do not invest it in people that you shouldn't be doing that type of thing with. On that note, here's a great piece of advice from Dennis Rainey. He said, have you ever seen or heard from an old flame recently? Have you been tempted to search the internet for an old flicker? Do you have a box of letters or memorabilia from relationships long ago or an email that you held on to. There's only enough room in marriage for two. The best thing to do with an old flame that suddenly reappears is to put it out. And then he goes on to say, and if your spouse struggles with jealousy, the best way to cast out fear is to cut off every ounce of oxygen from your mate's insecurities until he or she feels totally safe in your love. Leave nothing behind to feed fear or fan the flames of an extramarital affair. So here's some more great pieces of advice. Steve and I are going to kind of go back and forth on these pieces. Here's the first one, and this is by Mark O'Dell. He said, if you want to know if you're risking infidelity, tell your spouse the whole truth about the other relationship. If you find yourself wanting to edit the story, you know that you're playing with fire, even if you say that you're protecting your spouse. Secrecy is a key feature of infidelity. Both spouses have the right to ask and receive a complete and a true answer to any question about anything at any time. Then Dr. Gail Saltz said this. She says, many people convince themselves that as long as there's no sex, it's not an affair. But it is. An affair really has to do with secrecy, deception of the partner, and betrayal. It also has to do with the amount of emotional energy that you put into the other person and are no longer giving your spouse. It's stated in Proverbs 5.15, Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Here's another tip that came from Dave Willis. I'm convinced that one of the biggest factors that lead people into affairs is the friends they choose to hang around. 
This might sound surprising to you, but I've seen it play out over and over. In most, not all cases, but most cases of adultery, the spouse who had the affair had also been spending time with friends or co-workers who don't encourage marital faithfulness. So surround yourself with friends who strengthen your character and remove yourself from those who attempt to compromise your character. That is such good advice. It's advice that we give to others. Be careful of who you hang around with. You need to know that most men and women, especially Christians, are not looking to, and I'll put this in quotation marks, fall in love with someone other than their spouse. But unexpectedly, they find themselves involved with someone who grabs their heart, someone who grabs their attention, someone who just brings this little feeling out in them that they like. It appears to them that it just happened. But remember, we're warned in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to be on the alert. If you think that you're standing firm, be careful because you can fall. Don't leave yourself open to temptation. Guard your heart. We're saying this over and over again, but repeating it does help. Guard your heart. If you haven't done this already, today is a good time to start putting that into place. Gary Chapman gives this tip. He wrote the book, The One Love Language Minute Devotional. It's not easy to say, but it, it really is a good book. And this is what he says. He said, set tangible boundaries that will keep you from giving yourself permission to cheat on your spouse. Some of those boundaries include avoid talking and listening to someone of the opposite sex about grievances in your marriage. Many affairs start when you make co-workers or friends of the opposite sex your confidants. Do not try to rescue someone of the opposite sex. Sometimes a guy starts helping a woman repair things or work on their yard or get them a job and they end up in bed together or they end up emotionally attached in ways they shouldn't. If you want to help someone, take your spouse along. And then he says, if you're happily married, you may feel an exciting tingle toward a member of the opposite sex who is not your spouse. Take those tingles to God. Thank him for giving you the capacity to experience this emotion and ask him to give you wisdom as to how to reignite the excitement in your marriage so that you can experience it in its proper place. The attraction for someone else is an indicator that your marriage needs attention. I really like this from what Mark Driscoll wrote. He said, it's common to hear people speak of falling in love with their spouses and falling in love with someone else in adultery. In using the language falling, they are avoiding any responsibility as if they're simply required to follow their hearts. But that just isn't so. We're told in the Bible, again, we're going to keep saying this and harping on this, guard your hearts. They can deceive us. As we're told, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And that leads us to another point. And this is written by Shirley Glass, who did a lot of research on infidelity in that. And she said, you need to recognize that work can be a danger zone. Don't lunch alone or take coffee breaks with some person of the opposite sex. When you travel with a coworker, meet only in public rooms. You need to think about it. You need to think about the different type of boundaries that you need to set up so that not only is your spouse feeling more secure, but you're knowing that you're doing the right thing. 
On a different note, here's something that Sharon Janes wrote that I thought was really compelling. She says, I sat in a theater with a friend who had succumbed to sexual temptation. She lost her husband, her family, and many friends because of this temptation. The film showed a woman who was contemplating an affair. She cried out, don't do it, right there in the theater. Martha was living the devastation of yielding to sexual temptation, and her audible cry was the overflow of her pain-filled heart. She said, can I shout with Martha? Don't do it. Steve and I want to shout. Don't do it. It reminds us of this quote that came from this marriage expert, Diane Soley. I think this is one of the best quotes I've ever heard on this. She said, What we really need is a time machine so that people entering into an affair could flash forward and see themselves, their kids, and their lives at the other end of their lust. And I cannot tell you how important that is. That is so true. As Jill Savage warns us, if you find yourself sharing things about yourself or your marriage that you haven't or you wouldn't share with your spouse, that's a red flag. That's a warning. Not all affairs are physical. An emotional affair is just as damaging. Additionally, you need to be careful about comparing your spouse to someone else. Here's something else that Jill Savage said. We all make mistakes. We all have bad habits and annoying behaviors. When we compare a new friend to our spouse, it's an unfair comparison because we aren't seeing that person in a living under the same roof kind of situation, taking care of the kids at 3 a.m., struggling to make ends meet reality. That's a whole different reality than what you're seeing them in. Also, Sheila Ray Gregory, who is one of my favorites, said, watch what you watch, watch what you read, leave the past in the past. If you find that what you're watching, what you're drinking or participating in brings out your old way of life before Christ changed you, guard there. Don't go there. Lock the door and throw away the key. Also, Watch how your body language speaks too. Sometimes it's not just what you actually say, it's also your body language. And then Jill Savage says this, pay attention to your thought life. When all you think about is your spouse's fault, any other man or woman will look better. Make a list of the strengths that initially attracted you to your spouse. Increase encouragement and decrease criticism. Dave Willis then goes on to say to us, if you're intentionally hiding your status as a married person or you're projecting availability through flirting or you're slipping off a wedding ring or you're acting single around your single friends or at bars, etc., then you're way out of bounds. Those subtle acts of deceit are in themselves forms of infidelity, even if they never lead to a sexual affair. Also, when you meet with someone other than your spouse, stay out in public settings and ask a third person to join you so that even the appearance of evil doesn't have a chance to take a foothold. People rarely have pure intentions when they seek out exes, says Charles Orlando, defriend, disassociate, and disengage. The protection of the internet allows for more forward conversation, points out Dr. Karen Sherman. Seeing what an old friend is up to is part of the fun of Facebook. But only do this if your partner is okay with it. If you know your spouse would be upset, reject the friend request. Concerning fidelity, 
Keep in mind something else that Dawn wrote. She said, befriending your spouse and sharing your relationship status on Facebook are no-brainers. But go one step further, suggests Julie Spira. Both you and your spouse should be digitally proud of your marriage. So post your anniversary dinner photo together or a picture from a recent vacation. And then Charles Orlando adds that not mentioning your spouse is the online equivalent of not wearing your wedding band. Now, we could go on and on with the tips that we could give you, but we're going to stop here for now. We have a lot more on this issue posted on the Marriage Missions website. So please go there and look around. We care very much about your marriage. We care and God cares. Marriage demands fidelity and faithfulness, so don't kid yourself otherwise. Be steadfast and immovable in your faithfulness to God and in your faithfulness to your spouse. Well, that's it for this Marriage Insight, but we do have a reminder for you. If you'd like to hear other podcasts of Past Marriage Insights, or if you're looking for more help for your marriage, just go to our website. It's marriagemissions.com. Now, Cindy and I also wrote a book called Seven Essentials to Grow Your Marriage. It's available both in electronic and print form. This would be a really good resource to help you build your own personal marital team or maybe give it as a gift to a couple getting married to help them get off on the right foot. For more information on all of this, just go to the website at marriagemissions.com. Until the next Marriage Insight podcast, we're Steve and Cindy Wright, hoping you'll make it your mission to reveal and reflect the heart of Christ within your marriage.